0: This is section three of *The Gilded Age*. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. *The Gilded Age: A Tale of Today* by Mark Twain and Charles Dudley Warner. Chapter three. Whatever the lagging, dragging journey may have been to the rest of the emigrants, it was a wonder and delight to the children—a world of enchantment and they believed it to be peopled with the mysterious dwarfs and giants and goblins that figured in the tales the negro slaves were in the habit of telling them nightly by the shuddering light of the kitchen fire. At the end of nearly a week of travel the party went into camp near a shabby village which was caving, house by house, into the hungry Mississippi. The river astonished the children beyond measure its mile breadth of water seemed an ocean to them in the shadowy twilight and the vague riband of trees on the further shore the verge of a continent which surely none but they had ever seen before uncle dan'l colored aged forty his wife aunt jinny aged thirty young miss emily hawkins young mars washington hawkins and young mars clay the new member of the family ranged themselves on a log after supper and contemplated the marvelous river and discussed it the moon rose and sailed aloft through a maze of shredded cloud wreaths the somber river just perceptibly brightened under the veiled light a deep silence pervaded the air and was emphasized at intervals rather than broken by the hooting of an owl the baying of a dog or the muffled crash of a caving bank in the distance the little company assembled on the log were all children at least in simplicity and broad and comprehensive ignorance and the remarks they made about the river were in keeping with the character and so awed were they by the grandeur and the solemnity of the scene before them and by their belief that the air was filled with invisible spirits and that the faint zephyrs were caused by their passing wings that all their talk took to itself a tinge of the supernatural, and their voices were subdued to a low and reverent tone, suddenly Uncle Danl exclaimed, "Jland, da's something comin All crowded close together, and every heart beat faster. Uncle Danl pointed down the river with his bony finger, a deep coughing sound troubled the stillness, way toward a wooded cape that jetted into the stream a mile distant all in an instant a fierce eye of fire shot out from behind the cape and sent a long brilliant pathway quivering athwart the dusky water. The coughing grew louder and louder, the glaring eye grew larger and still larger, glared wilder and still wilder, a huge shape developed itself out of the gloom, and from its tall, duplicate horns dense volumes of smoke, starred and spangled with sparks poured out and went tumbling away into the farther darkness. Nearer and nearer the thing came, till its long sides began to glow with spots of light, which mirrored themselves in the river and attended the monster like a torchlight procession. "'What is it? Oh, what is it, Uncle Dan'l?' With deep solemnity the answer came. "'It's the Almighty. Get down on your knees.' it was not necessary to say it twice they were all kneeling in a moment and then while the mysterious coughing rose stronger and stronger and the threatening glare reached farther and wider the negro's voice lifted up its supplications oh lord we's been mighty wicked and we knows dat we serve to go to de bad place but good lord dear lord we ain't ready yet we ain't ready let these poor children have one more chance just one more chance take de old nigger if you's got to have somebody good lord good dear lord we don't know why you's gwine to we don't know who you's got your eye on but we knows by the way you's a-comin we knows by the way you's a-tiltin along in your chariot or fire that some poor sinners are gwine to catch it but good lord those chillen don't belong here days from openstown where they don't know nothin and you knows you own safe that dey ain't sponsible dear lord good lord it ain't like your mercy it ain't like your pity, it ain't like your long sufferin' lovin' kindness for to take dis kind of advantage o' sick little chillin' as dozes when dey so many ordinary grown folks chuck full o' cussedness that wants roastin' down die, Oh lord spare little chillin' don't tire little chillin' away from dey friends just let em off just as once and take it out and de old nigger. Here I is, Lord, here I is the old nigger's ready lord the old the flaming and churning steamer was right abreast the party and not twenty steps away the awful thunder of a mud valve suddenly burst forth drowning the prayer and as suddenly uncle dan'l snatched a child under each arm and scoured into the woods with the rest of the pack at his heels and then ashamed of himself he halted in the deep darkness and shouted but rather feebly here i is lord here i is There was a moment of throbbing suspense, and then, to the surprise and the comfort of the party, it was plain that the august presence had gone by, for its dreadful noises were receding. Uncle Dan'l headed a cautious reconnaissance in the direction of the log. Sure enough, the Lord was just turning a point a short distance up the river, and while they looked the lights winked out, and the coughing diminished by degrees, and presently ceased altogether. Hush. Well now, dey's some folks says they ain't no efficiency in prayer. This child would like to know where we'd a been now if it weren't for de prayer. That's it. That's it. Uncle Daniel, do you reckon it was the prayer that saved us? Said Clay. Does I reckon? Don't I know it? Why was your eyes? war not the Lord just a comin' chow, 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 and a goin' on terrible? And do the Lord carry on dat way doubt there's something don't suit him? And weren't he a lookin' right at this gang here And weren't he just a reachin' for em? And dispect he gwine it let him off doubt somebody asked him to do it? No indeedy. Do you reckon he saw us, Uncle Daniel? The law's sakes, child, didn't I see him a lookin' at us? Did you feel scared, Uncle Daniel? No, sah When a man is gauged in pry. He ain't fraid of nothin'. They can't nothin' touch him. Well, what did you run for? Well, I, I, Mars Clay. When a man is under the influence o' the spirit, he dunno what he's bout. No, sir. Dat man dunno what he's bout. You might taken de uh, head off'n dat man, and he would as scarcely find it out. It's the Hebrew chillin' dat went for the fire, and dey was burnt considerable. Of course they was, but they didn't know nothin' about it. Heel right up again. If they'd been gals, they'd missed a they long hair. Hair, maybe, but they wouldn't have felt burn. I don't know, but what they were girls, I think they were. Am Is clay? You knows better dat. Sometimes a body can't tell whether you's a sayin' what you means or whether you's a sayin' what you don't mean. Case you says em both the same way how should i know whether they were boys or girls goodness sakes mars clay don't a good book say sides don't it call em de the he brew chillin'? if dey was girls wouldn't they be de she brew chillin'? some people dat kin read don't pair to take no notice when they do read well uncle daniel i think that my here comes another one up the river there can't be two we gone dis time we done gone this time, sure. They ain't two, Mars Clay. They's the same one. The Lord can peer everywhere in the second. Goodness, how do fire and de smoke do belch up? Dat mean business, honey. He comin' now like he forgot something. Come along, children. Time you's gwine to ruse. Go along with you. Old Uncle Daniel going out in the woods to wrestle and pray. The old nigger going to do what he kin to save you again. He did go to the woods and pray but he went so far that he doubted himself if the lord heard him when he went by end of section 3